Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dano, and with me we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Thanks, Dano. Uh, it's a tough one this week. I know a lot of us are all in the same boat. Uh, absolute shit weekend. Just yep. really unlucky if you've got multiple players from those teams and the players that were laid out. And anyway, but we'll we'll dissect all of that and we'll we'll suggest some ways to get around it. Anyway, like I said, when I was four one down, Pato, I can always claw my way back in these captors challenges. It's now four three your way. I'm doing a Stephen Bradbury at the moment. So you've got a concoction in front of you for our blender challenge because you lost on the weekend. My taking of the VC score of McRae ended up turning out to be a fucking genius move because Grundy went to shit. So um, what do you got? Yeah, so we did a little bit different this week, Dana. I said, please don't give me something like last week, which just fucked me over, as, as I'm sure everyone heard last <laughs> week. So apologies again for that. Um, but you said to suggest some ingredients and, and you'll throw in some more on top of that. So I thought, oh, yeah, I'll, uh, well, I'll list the ingredients of a, of a nice blue heaven smoothie, milkshake. <laughs> so I said a banana, some ice cream, some milk and blue heaven milkshake mix. Um, and, of course, you've said, all right, let's chuck in a, a piece of bread, some soy sauce and some sriracha sauce. So it started off well, Dano. It didn't feel right putting in the soy sauce and the sriracha and the loaf of bread. Ah, not loaf. Definitely not a loaf of bread. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel right, but here goes. Hopefully it's not too bad. And apologies if it does come back up again, everyone listening. But, yep, Bottoms here goes. Just think. Oh, that's different. Not, not as bad as I thought it would be. It's got a fuck consistency because <laughs> of the bread. Yeah. <coughs> oh, it's got a bit of a shit aftertaste. Yeah, the sriracha sauce will do that to you. Yeah, and the sauce will make it a little bit salty. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not going down well. <laughs> we'll see how you go in the in the um throughout the podcast. I, I bet you some of our listeners will be disappointed with that reaction because we've had some serious reactions over the last. <laughs> Seven yeah, this, weeks this, with these. This one might be a post-reaction Dano and community, not not uh, straight away. Yeah, you know, I won't go into too much detail about that. But anyway, we um, anyway we're going to injuries. So we've got a, I think one of our longest injury lists ever for this podcast, Pato. Um, yeah, and really just sums up how shit round eighteen has been. But let's let's jump straight into it. Yeah. So anyway. Here we go. Dustin Martin, the first one. Kidney, as we all know, he's out for the season. Got to trade that fucker out. Next one, Pato. Yeah, Josh Kelly um, did his ankle. It looked a lot worse than what it actually is. So, um, oh, my throat's not good. But anyway, he's, he's listed <laughs> as a test. So, um, didn't train, obviously, today. Um, but it hasn't pulled up too bad. So, it's not as bad as what it first seemed. So I wouldn't be trading him out. Like he may miss this week, but if he misses this week, he should be back next week. So yep. Yep. we've done some on their community, especially if others like ourselves, Dano, have both Josh Kelly and Dustin Martin. It would have been a really tough, uh, yep. tough break there and just ended our season. But yeah, Josh Kelly is a test. So yeah, watch this space. If he misses this week, he'll probably be back next week. So yep. that's definitely hold. Sean Darcy, uh Looked like he did his knee at one stage there. There might have been a PCL, but his scans came back pretty good. So he's listed as a test this week. What about the next one, Pato? Yeah, Luke Shue has done his calf. Uh, now, they've come out and said that it was only precautionary that, that he got subbed out. Now, they were getting smashed. So um, he may get up, but any sort of calf issues from a 31-year-old, especially your captain who has had so many injury issues this year, um, you want to be precautious with him. So if you own Luke Shuey, don't be too stressed. Um, he should play this week if he gets through training and stuff. Yep. Nat Fife, his shoulder, again, um, don't know the time frame on this one, so just watch this space. But I think Fife's body's a bit cooked now. Pato, anyway, what about the next one that everyone was looking at and hoping that it wasn't season-ending? 
Yeah, this is a tough one if you've still got him and you were holding him from, for cover. Tommy Highmore has broken his hand. Now, if he doesn't miss the season, he'll miss at least four or five weeks, which brings him back for round 23. So if you're relying on him to cover some other guys, which we'll talk about very soon, um, you'll have to trade that fucker out if you've got the the trades. He's broken his hand. Um, at least he's at 325K or so, I believe. So you can downgrade him to a, to a, a, a rookie that we'll talk about, give you an option there soon. But... Yeah, you'll have to trade Tommy Highmore out if you can. Yeah, Zach Williams had a corky and a back knock. Uh, he was pretty sore, but played through it. Um, don't know what's going to happen this week. Um, haven't heard much about him, Pato. Yeah, this will be a late decision, I think. Now, I watched this game very keenly because I had quite a few players playing. The corky looked really bad. Now, he was limping to the point where it looked like he'd popped a, his hip out or something. Um so that was a really bad corky, but they managed to massage that out and he came back on. But in the same quarter, he copped a real bad knee to the back um, and looked like he'd almost done a kidney. kidney. That's the way he reacted, um, almost the same as what Dusty did when he got knocked by Mitch Robinson. So that looked nasty as well. Uh, didn't play the rest of that second quarter, but came out in the third quarter and played for the rest of the game. But he didn't look great. So obviously they used pain management strategies to get him through. Um, but if he pulls up sore by the end of the week, which is, he is someone that does pull up sore quite often. He's had some body issues before, as you would know all too well, Dano. So I don't like his chances of getting up as much as it hurts to say that as an owner, but yeah, hopefully he does get up, get up. Even if he gives me a 60, I'll fucking take that this weekend. Yep. My ultimate POD uh, failed when I brought him in, Taylor Adams. Um, he ended up getting a bit of a neck injury. He played on, but he didn't look the same since when he came on. Try and fire through a bit, a few more of these. We've got Isaac Heaney as well. If you got him, we'll suck shit because I said not to get him throughout the season, even though Pate was like, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, Hammy is listed as a test. Uh, next one, Pato. Yeah, Nick Murray um, concussed if you've still got him. Another one that you might be still holding for cover. He's in a 12-day protocol, so he'll miss at least one week with that concussion. Uh, Matty Flynn as well, um, did his shoulder, went off, had a jab, came back on, popped it out again. Looked very similar to Josh Dunkley earlier in the year. And someone else did it did the same. Uh, it was a five. No, some, whoever, it doesn't really matter. But um, he'll probably miss the rest of the year, which kind of sucks because Briggs is under concussion protocol, uh, COVID protocols rather, yeah. which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, they're going from having a influx of rucks at the Giants to now pretty much no one except for Mummy. Um, anyway, Lockie Neal had a bit of a shoulder stinger, left the training track early today, but then they've come out and said he will play this weekend. But last time that happened, he was a laid out, wasn't he, Pato? Yeah, was it the knee or the calf or whatever it did? But yeah, this happened. And I reckon they had a game in Adelaide against Adelaide or Port. I can't remember which one. Um, but they said after he went off, no, he's fine. He'll be fine. It was just precautionary. And he didn't even travel with the team. Um, and was obviously a late out. He was named on the Thursday night, and then the pricks had him as a late out, which kind of sucks. But uh, they say he'll be fine, but I would keep an eye on that situation, even if he's named on Thursday night. Yeah, well, we're going to go to a new segment called COVID Protocols. <laughs> so these players, um, the first three that we're going to miss are going to miss an extra seven days, and then the other ones are going to miss 14 days. So the first three... Toby Green, Kieran Briggs, and Callum Mills, all seven days apparently because it's been backdated. Is that right, Pato? Yeah. Now, there's a few other players on this list, but we only listed the, the super coach relevant ones. Correct. It's a little bit strange. So these guys were warming up. Like Kieran Briggs wasn't named, so he wasn't part of it. But Toby Green and Callum Mills were warming up with their team, literally in the rooms with their team. And they found out about an hour and a half before the game that the Victorian government changed the the tier not listing not an hour and of, a half mate they found out 15 minutes before the game started that they couldn't play i think they the the government changed it about an hour and a half and by the time that the afl had scrambled and let the clubs know it was about 15 minutes 30 minutes before the game where they found out shit we can't play and they had to scramble to get players as late in so um Bit of a shit situation there. Um, all, all for the guys wanting to get out and, and go to the rugby, which is really shit. Um, it just shows how quickly things can change in this COVID world. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit strange that they've backdated it because if they were at actual risk of contracting COVID from being at this exposure site... And transmitting. You think, yeah, you would think that both clubs 
would be considered as close contacts with their teammates because they've trained, they've warmed up together with with the teams, all the coaches. I, that's me, Dano. Um, I'm not a health professional at by any means, but that that's what I think. Um, obviously, luckily for the AFL's sake that they aren't considering them close contacts, although if one of them were to come back positive, Dano, that would send a ripple through the whole sporting world, not just the AFL. But let's not think about that because that's pretty grim. Yep, yep. The other two that we're going to mention, Josh Dunkley and now Rowan Marshall, um, 14 days each they got to ISO for. Um, so Josh Dunkley is from Sunday and Rowan Marshall, I think, is from today, isn't he, Pato? It all, I think it will depend on which exposure site um, he was at. Now, I know Dunkley's was found out, was renounced on Sunday, but Marshall's only came out today. But it could be the same exposure site that came out Monday or Sunday. Who knows? So we'll see what that means. But they could both miss two games, which is really shit. Um, because obviously most, most I think Dusty was in 70 or 80% of teams. So most people are looking for a forward to bring in. I know Rowan Marshall was option number one for me. Now, in the in the running list, Dana, I've pretty much done it in order as what I think were the best options. And Rowan Marshall, like this, this news came out about half an hour before we started recording community. And Rowan Marshall was at the top of the list. He was looking brilliant to return. Um, he's had a month back and that's sort of go time. And I think he was the perfect candidate to bring in for Dusty. But obviously, we'll have to reassess and we'll go through that very soon, community. Yeah, in fact, we'll uh, pretty much go through it now. Um, so we'll go through the rookies first, though. Um, so rookie trade-ins, if you've got the luxury of trades, um, shout out to Supercoach Mama. She's number one in the country at the moment, and she's got a plethora of trades left over. So good on her. She must have avoided a lot of carnage throughout the season. Um, so if you've got the trades up your sleeves um, and you need to do some trades for rookies, here are some options. So first of all, Connor West, 102K meter, 71 average just from the one game, though. Um, what about his job security at the moment? Pato, can we trust him or is it just one of those, let's just trade it down to the cheapest possible option that's playing? I think it's a little bit of both with this one, Dano. Um, really tough to say because Connor West looked all right. I didn't watch this game, but from all accounts, he looked pretty good. Now, he had 19 touches and 13 of those were contested. And West Coast are appalling at the moment. I know they beat Adelaide, but from all accounts, it wasn't convincing. And um, their midfield is looking a little bit decimated. So I'm not sure what his job security is like. We saw Lukey Edwards have a really good few games, um, but I mentioned on the podcast that I was really unsure of him as a trade-in option just because of that job security. And West Coast obviously think they're in the window. Their list is absolutely good enough to be in the premiership window. They should not be fighting that bottom eight, uh, sorry, bottom half of the eight for a spot in the eight. Um, But yeah, look, just because of his age and whatnot, I think Connor West, you've just got to keep an eye on. I know, uh, what's his name from Brisbane that went there? Um, He had a really good game in the VFL, in the waffle, I should say. Witherden. Yeah, Witherden had a really good game in the reserves. So I don't know whether he's going to come back in in favour of a younger guy like Connor West. But look, we'll see what happens. But he scored 71 in his single game, Connor West. So if he's named, I think he's a pretty good option if you need cash. Even if he doesn't play, you've, you've downgraded him to the lowest possible price point. So I think you'll be all right. Yep, the next one is Sam Durham at 102K defence slash mid, 49 in his one game, but he looked all right and he did a lot of one percenters from what I could tell, including a really crucial smother. Um, but yeah, job security again, is it one of those, will he play or is he just going to be a quick downgrade cash option with the dual position that can flick you between Bianco and himself? Yeah, this is interesting. I actually brought in Durham last week before he even played a game. Um, sorry, two weeks ago. So I've had him since before he even debuted. But he, I don't know whether I was a little bit biased. I had to field Sam Derham, people, um, because that's how it decimated my team is with injuries and, and whatnot. But his game seemed like it was more more than a 49, Dan. I don't know if you saw that game, but he did a lot of good. And I'm not sure how he got a 49, but he did. Um, that, that That's just super coach scoring. Um, but the thing is, Shield is due back really soon. Now, whether he comes back through the VFL or not, I don't even know if the VFL is going on with COVID, the COVID situation. But uh, at the moment, they're just doing like scratch matches. Yeah. So I don't know whether they're going to bring him through back through that or whether he'll come straight into the AFL. Um, but he's definitely due back soon. Um, so is Zaharakis. I know he's due back soon. And whether they bring him back in through scratch matches or straight into the AFL, we'll see. And Langford's also a couple of weeks away from coming back from that hamstring. So 
Look, does he keep his spot? I'm not entirely sure, but he's another one of those 102K guys where if he plays this week, that might be all you need him for. Um, just to cover someone like Callum Mills, who's out with protocols, or uh, Toby Green, if you've got DPPs. And Darren being a DPP is also really handy um, if you've got guys like Rory Laird. So I really like Sam Durham. Yep, yep, cool. Um, going to the next one, Matty Parker from the Richmond Tigers. Uh, 140K mid-slash-forward, so another DPP one, a little bit more pricey. Got a 47 in his first game. Um, Dusty out for the rest of the season. Will, uh, I'm going to call him Wish Dusty because everyone keeps making jokes about how um, they want Dusty and then this is what they get with Matty Parker. But anyway, there's a lot of memes. Uh, what do you reckon, Pato, about Matty Parker? Uh, from an on, on-field perspective, he looked really good in the Richmond team. It didn't look out of place at all. He's got the grunt that Dimmer and the coaching staff really like. He had 12 touches and seven tackles, and the tackles is what they were really looking for with him, and it's, it's what we've kind of lacked recently. So I don't think his job security is at all an issue. Um, he's 38K more than the other two guys, though, so that's your only issue. Um, and his score was affected by four clangers and two frees against, which is probably going to come with Matt Parker. Um being that contested player and someone that tackles a lot, you're going to get the odd push in the back or high tackle or whatever, but he plays hard and can play as contested. So look, I don't think if you're bringing him in, you'd be relying on him on field. Uh, if you are, you're in a lot of shit, uh, <laughs> but uh, just as bench cover, I really like, and who knows, he may even pull out an 80 or 90 for you. If you need him as a once off and you'll be laughing. So it might be worth that extra money if you can swing it. Yeah, we're going to move on to some primos and because of the rush of a clusterfuck of different shit that went on just when Pato was writing this list, he's got Rowan Marshall listed there, as we said earlier. So we're not going to talk about Rowan Marshall until he comes back. Um, so we'll go with the next best option, which Pato will not want to talk about. So I will talk about this bloke, which Pato has listed down as Collingwood forward, which we all know is. He who shall not be named Jordan DeGoey. So he's at 490K, 117 three-round average, 107 five-round average, got 114 on the weekend. Something like under um, Robert Harvey, he's averaging over 30 disposals a game. Um, and he's just really, really looking at home in that midfield now. So uh, I think he's one that you got to bring in um, if you haven't already when he was cheap as fuck. Um, oh, it feels dirty. So I've got to shiver up my spine then, Pato. feels really dirty. I feel like I need to have a shower right now saying that he's a good option. Yeah. Um, that's uh, almost the same feeling I got last week, Dana, when I brought him into my fucking team. Yeah, um, I did the I same. Did, I, did a, I did a dance with the devil, um, but you can't keep ignoring this guy, uh, sadly. He's got to break him in a 56 as well, so his price will very soon get way ahead of us. And by the way, as a disclaimer, I mentioned before community, and I'll mention it again, this is in list of what I think is the best option for Dusty. Um, so there's about a 40K difference between this Collingwood forward and Dusty. So if you can get the 40K, I think this is a really good option. And the other one, most of the others are cheaper than what Dusty is right now. So yeah. you won't have to worry too much about finding the cash, but you can't keep ignoring this guy. His average of 79 looks really shit on paper. Who gives a fuck? It's about how much they average from when you bring them in. At his last four, he hasn't dropped below 114. So in the forward line, that is incredible scoring power. And he'll, he'll get over 600K, I reckon. Yeah, most likely. Anyway, the next one, which is probably my dusty tick replacement, if you don't have he who shall not be named Jordan Ngoi already, that's Shea Bolton at 420K, 420 represent. Um, 91 average, 107 on the weekend. Uh, I said to you, Pato, before the Richmond game, started oh no sorry after the Richmond game finished when we found out that um Dusty was out for the season I said is Shea Bolton gonna pretty much be the lock um for the Dusty replacement I think you said pretty much yes um I can't see him going shit either Shay I think they're just gonna be relying on him very heavily over the next few weeks. Uh, I absolutely agree as a Richmond fan um our season will pretty much hang by whether Shea can do the Dusty Roll justice. Um, and that's not even an exaggeration. Um, we love our X-Factor guys. Now, the other one that I think really helps Shea Bolton is uh, Shane Edwards, who not many people will uh, even think about in terms of looking at Shea Bolton. But 
when things are going shit, um, we when Richmond want to get ahead, kind of like uh, Toby Green with with the Giants, Dano, um, we would throw Shane Edwards in there if we need a, a clearance or need something out of nothing. And I think with the, with both Dusty and Shane Edwards out, I think Shea Bolton is absolutely that guy. Um, and at 420000 you don't even have to come up with money. You'll make money from going Dusty to Bolton. So um, I think... I think this is a no-brainer, especially with with the Rowan Marshall news. Now, it's worth noting that Shea Bolton's biggest score this year was the game that Dusty missed. Now, that was only a 121. Uh, I say only. That's that's huge for a forward this year. Yeah, correct. Um, but I say only, only because he has other scores between 110 and 119. So it's not a huge outlier in terms of his biggest score. Um, but it's also worth noting, I think, that that was against the, the Bulldogs, um, which historically don't give up very big midfield minutes. Now, the other thing is, I, I mentioned last week that Shea Bolton looked good but didn't score great last week because he had a couple of turnovers that were a little bit uncharacteristic. But this week against the Lions, he looked brilliant. And I think his centre bounce attendances will go up with Dusty out. He'll spend less time up forward and he'll spend – a a chunk of time in the guts. And I think this is an absolute no brainer. Yeah. What about Prestia coming back? How would that affect? Shea I actually, think, I actually think that helps him as well, only because it gives that contested game um, to allow Shea Bolton to play that outside game. If he doesn't have to worry about going in and getting the contested clearances, he can just worry about getting that chain handball out. Um, and he can kick goals from 50 on the run. We've seen it several times. Uh, so, I think this is an absolute no-brainer. I think our first-choice midfield with Presti coming back, which could be this week, um, ladies and gentlemen, or next week, worst case, um, with Cochin and Prestia feeding it out to Shea Bolton to play that outside midfield role, um, I think this is an absolute no-brainer. Now, if Prestia misses, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bolton go 110-ish this week against the Cats. And then next week, if Prestia comes back, I can see Bolton going up to 115, 120 just from having Prestia in the team. That's how yep. much I think that helps him. So if I haven't convinced everyone by now, you'll never be convinced on Shea Bolton. But I, I think this is a no-brainer for me. And Pato, you can now take a breath. <laughs> Got a lot of words in there. <laughs> um, next one, Matt Kennedy, 434K. Uh, he's 94.3 round average. Um, what's his five-round average there, Pato? It's about 100, 100? Or did he get 100 on the weekend? Uh, no, it's 94. So he's not, he's oh, three, three and five. Yeah, right. 94. Um, so, and that's the five weeks that he's come back into the team and played midfield. So 94 doesn't sound like much, but he's looked really good. And I think even with Cripps coming back in, those three midfield spots going to be Cripps, Walsh and Kennedy. I think Kennedy will kick Dow out of that midfield as a longer term prospect. That's how good Kennedy's looked in that midfield. So I think there's enough evidence now to suggest that he's got that spot locked up. Um, he's absolutely going to play midfield. And look, he may not have the ceiling of a of a Shea Bolton or a Collingwood forward or a Tom Hawkins, which we'll talk about soon. Um, but I think he'll give you 90 to 100. Yep, yep, cool. Anyway, we'll move on to Isaac Smith, 477K, 87 average, 98.3 round average, 101.5 round average. Has he settled into the team, Pato? Is he a viable super coach option, you reckon? Yeah, he's not a super sexy pick. Uh, he's a winger at the end of the day. So that is a very hard role to play. I think he's settled. He has never really been a super coach option, though. That's the only thing. But that's mostly as he's played, uh, sorry, being a midfield in super co- midfielder in super coach. But um, Look, that 101 five-round average looks really good. Now, he doesn't, again, doesn't have the ceiling of some other guys that we're going to talk about. But if you're looking for a solid 90 or 100 spot, and if and at your F6, I think you'll take that, Dana. If you if, if I tell you mm-hmm. someone's going to average score between 90 and 100 for the rest of the year, not drop below, but won't go 120, I think you'll take that as an F6. Um, and Isaac Smith doesn't miss games. I, I can't remember him ever getting a serious injury at Hawthorne at all. So he is moving on a little bit in age, but... Super consistent, uh, super durable, and I bit of a left field pick, but I don't mind the Isaac Smith pick. Yep, Tomahawk, okay, Tom Hawkins at 461k, 93 average, 102 three round average. His run home is a little bit tough, but at the same time, Geelong are flying, so who gives a fuck? Um, and he can go fucking huge. So, I, I every week, every week, I'm all about the Tomahawk, and I'm gonna keep doing it. This week, if you don't have him, you've got to have him. 
Yeah, it's basically a sideways. I think Dusty's about 450 and Tomahawk's 461. So um, you don't have to come up with much to get to him. And he's got North as well in that line home. So that's a bit, that's a juicy matchup if you don't uh, put the VC or C on him, depending on whenever that game will be. Um, you're pretty fucking silly. So yeah, you could do worse than Tomahawk. Yeah. Now, but you've listed Bailey Dale down here, and I haven't really been the biggest fan because of uh, playing for the Western Bulldogs, and we don't know what the fuck Bevo's doing. He's the, he's the new horse, Bevo. He is the new horse. Um, 480k, 95 average, 99 three round average. He's a fucking yo yo. Um, yeah. I, what what do you reckon, Pato? I think there's he's better little... options around 480k or under, actually. I agree that there are definitely better options, but his role has stayed relatively consistent. It's just the fact that he plays with guys like Bontepelli and McRae who always get huge scores. And it's hard to get a chunk of that super coach pie when you're at the dogs. Um, so aside from that Geelong game where he went forward for a chunk of the game for whatever reason and scored a 50, um, he had a random 61 against the Giants. I don't know if you remember what role he played. I don't remember watching that game, but I don't know whether he went forward in that game or not. Um, I'd be guessing if I was to say he did go forward. But other than that, he has been relatively consistent. Um, he had a 152 against the Saints, which is a random huge score, um, but doesn't generally drop below 90. So... Look, I agree that at 480,000, I think there's definitely better options. For another 10K, you can get Kmart Dusty. And <laughs> um, I think he will average at least 105 for the rest of the year. I think that's a better option. But if you've already got him, I don't mind Bailey Dale. Yep, no worries. And do you want to talk about this last bloke, Pato? Because that's a bit of a left field option there. Yeah, this was absolutely left field. Now, Trey Rusco is just a young kid at Collingwood. Um, I don't know exactly how old he is, but I know he's very inexperienced. But um, randomly played defense on the weekend. Now, obviously, um, Robert Harvey is just trying to try new things. Um, why wouldn't you at that that um, role? But he's 19 years old and played just the nine games. But he went and played in defense on the weekend, which is the first time he's done that. And he scored 102 in that role. Now, he played on Matt Owies. And they would have seen that and thought, look, whoever we put on Matt Owies, we can just have bounce off, uh, rebound, play that in set role. Kind, I don't want to compare him to one of Collingwood's best players, but kind of like Darcy Moore in the fact that you're not totally responsible for the guy you're playing on. You're playing in defense to bounce off and just rebound. And, and Trey Rusco looked like an absolute natural. Um, he had 23 touches and five marks playing that role. And a couple of those marks were intercept marks. So we know how much Supercoach love those intercept marks. Yeah. Um, it, it was a really, really good game. Now, the issue is that he's 199K. Now, he's not an on-field option, but he might be a decent stepping stone. Now, if you have... Luxury trades. Yeah. So if you've got a bunch of trades and you're looking at a Tom Phillips, um, I don't know why anyone else would still have him. Mind you, he got fucking 100 on the weekend. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you you go to Kieran Briggs in defense, for example, and you're looking to trade out a a high mall, you could turn high mall into Trey Rusco um, and have him as your F7. Um, and have F7. him as part of Green this weekend, for example. Or if you brought in Dunkley last week, you can have him or or Marshall last week. We we're just talking um, about defenders then. No, I know, but if if you had you Kieran mean Briggs, Briggs up, up forward and then yeah, yeah okay. and you've got Highmore or um, Nick Murray in defence. Yep. You can use DPP swing to get them in defence. Bring in Trey Rusco, who is a forward in Supercoach. At 199k, I think it'd be decent bench cover, and you're not breaking the bank by bringing him in. And I certainly, I would, I would feel a lot better with Trey Roscoe on my field than Tyler Brockman, who is currently my F7 as cover, um, scoring 40s. So, um, look, is the role going to stay? I, who knows? Um, but desperate times call for desperate measures, and. This could be the stepping stone you need. And worst case scenario, he'll make you 200K and you could turn him back into Rowan Marshall when he's back from his two weeks isolation or yep. whatever. So, look, it, it's a cheap option for people if you don't have the budget to turn Dusty into a Dangerfield or a Aaron Hall or whatever. Yep, cool. We're going to question time now. So the first one that we've got is from Aaron Monish. 
He said, is there any Josh Kelly news? We've already told you that it's basically a test. Um, it's not as bad as what we first thought. We thought it might have been ligament damage, but it turns out it's just a rolled ankle. Um, and, yeah, he's basically a test for this week. So hopefully he plays. I think he plays more so than not playing um, from what yeah, I've the, heard. The, the original rumour was the old syndesmosis, Dano, um, which would automatically rule him out until at least uh, finals in real life. So... Luckily, I'm fairly certain that he's avoided that. Um, I think he's back walking, Dana. I could be wrong on that, but... He's um, back training. Yeah, which is just an unreal recovery for someone that, as as everyone says, the old adage goes, he doesn't play 22 games. Well, I hate to... I hope I don't put the moxie on him, but he's on track for 22 games, Dana, and proving everyone wrong. So um, even if he plays at not 100% this week, Dana, I'll take a 90-odd from him um, yeah. as, as just a playing body. Yep. Um, so James has said, any advice on what to do? There's three major injuries over the weekend. Well, basically, you got to trade Dusty, is what we've elaborated. Um, Josh Kelly, hold. Um, Sean Darcy, hold. Um, I think Tom Highmore, you got to trade, or at least leave for a week if you, he's not on your field, if not trade. Zachy Williams, hold. Um, they're the main ones there. From what I see, Zach Williams isn't a major injury, though. It's just like a we're monitoring the situation kind of deal. But, yeah, that, that's my take on it. What do you reckon, Pato? Yeah, look, the, the bottom line is just not to panic. Uh, don't do a Damien Ma, who is a, a, a relatively famous, not famous, but he's pretty well known on the Twitter community, um, Twitter super coach and fantasy community. Um, he has literally thrown the Troys out of the cot and he has deleted his team because of the carnage that happens over the weekend. And <laughs> he is being an absolute fucking child about it. And he's blaming Supercoach for not doing anything to help him because two of his players were laid outs and he's copped injuries and, and whatnot. Like, fucking get real. I've copped it as well. I've gone down in the rankings. Um, I, I was two donuts on the weekend. I scored 2,100 after being on track for 2,500, everyone. And that was with Jeremy Sharp and Sam Derham on field. Now... The answer is not to be a fucking child and deactivate your team and crack the shits with Supercoach. The answer is regroup, take a deep breath. And I didn't even look at my team until Tuesday morning. This is this morning. We're recording on Tuesday. Yep. Um, I just took it. I took 24, 36 hours just to not think about Supercoach, take a deep breath. And I looked at it this morning and go, okay, it was a shit week, but we'll regroup and we'll use DPPs, which is why you have DPPs, just to reshuffle things. Um, I'll use Durham again this week as on-field cover for Callum Mills, who will miss one more week. Um, obviously, he'll score nowhere near his 113 uh, that he averages. Um, maybe yeah, yeah. James has Mills as well. That's what one of the injuries he's referring to, perhaps. No, that's not um, an injury. No, I think he's talking about uh, major injuries. The, yeah, the, the COVID other- shit's just separate. Yeah, so the other one is Lockie Whitfield. Now, he's meant to be back this weekend, but he's actually a chance of missing this weekend as well, Dano. With his migraine history, they're not going to take any risks on one of their star players who's on a long-term deal. So if he's still getting headaches or whatever this week, which I think is a real, very real possibility with someone that has, that's as Lockie Whitfield is someone that gets these chronic migraine headaches um, as a result of these head knocks, he might miss this week. And Look, it is what it is. You're just going to have to fucking cop it and don't be a child about it. That's the bottom line. But anyway. Don't be a little fucking line. bitch in the words of Pato, yeah, pretty much. That's my little rant on Damien Ma, you fucking child. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't think he's a listener of this podcast, but if anyone knows him, fucking send him the link. I'll I'll have it, I'll have a damn war with him. I don't give a fuck. What, what? Don't be a child, you fucking idiot. I, I will do a snippet of this and put it up on Twitter and we'll see if we can get this Dam- Damien Ma, what is his name? Yep, yep. Let's tag him in it. Let's do it. Fucking Why not? Listeners, tag this fucker in the post and let's get it rolling. Who gives a fuck? Pato's on a warpath. <laughs> oh, shit. That, that uh, blender challenge has gone to your stomach and then gone to your head. It's funny as fuck. <laughs> oh, it's turning in there. I can feel it, mate. I can feel it. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, anyway, Alan Anker has pretty much said 2021 can get stuffed. Valid point. I think it can get stuffed. Every time I put in for annual leave for work, uh, I go into lockdown. So everyone's telling me not to put in for annual leave. No no holidays for you um, until until three years' time when we get 80% vaccinated within the the Australian community. 
Um, maybe the government will work it out by then that we'll, <laughs> we need to be vaccinated and anyone under 40 has to get vaccinated as well. Oh, um, fuck. Maybe by 2025 we'll get it. We'll get access to a vaccine. Don't know. It's but. all my. It's all my fault. Anyway, everyone on Facebook and Twitter and shit has said it's all my fault because I keep taking annual leave. So I won't take any more annual leave until this no is more sorted. For you. Fuck. Um, anyway, we've got a special shout out. Um, I already did one earlier uh, for Super Coach Mama, who's currently number one. So shout out to Super Coach Mama. The other one, avid listener and just big supporter of this podcast, King Super Coach. He's ranked 42 at the moment, but. He had to make a decision on the weekend that might come back to bite him in the ass, um, which he had Whitfield. The whole Callum Mills being a laid out thing fucked him up a bit. So he traded Whitfield to Haynes so as a last-ditch effort. So let's just hope that Nick Haynes plays well for King Supercoach so he can get into that top 10 as well. So a shout-out to King Supercoach. Anyway, we are not called the Supercoach co-captains for nothing. Every week we give you guys VC and C options that are either a little bit vanilla but mainly left of field to give you guys the edge over your opponents. Now, there's been changes to fixtures this week, so some of the matches might have been postponed, cancelled, or yet to be confirmed in what I'm about to read out. So This is as of right now, and there's a big hazard light on the AFL app. Um, but anyway, uh, so we've got a Friday's Port Adelaide versus Collingwood at Adelaide Oval. Who do you have now, in this one, Pato? So just quickly, Dano, the, the AFL announced just before oh, that shit. Both, of the, both of the Port Adelaide and Adelaide teams are being flown into Melbourne. Oh, right. Because of the situation in Adelaide. Now, I don't know why you would fly them to Melbourne because we're also in lockdown. Yeah, right. Um, South Australia are in lockdown now. So I don't know what their thinking is there. Maybe they've got more faith in the Victorian government because we've we've done this all before, um, as opposed to South Australia. But I personally don't think this Friday night game will be as listed. I don't think it'll be Port Adelaide versus Collingwood. I think they'll have to scramble around and try and find something. Um, now, I don't think we'll know the fixture until Thursday, personally. Um, but look, for the sake of the podcast, we're just going to have to roll with what is listed on the AFL website. Yep, yep. Um, and we'll just roll with these matchups, don't I? Now, Collingwood Port Adelaide will probably be in Melbourne. Yep, there we go. Okay, so who you got in this one? Because I'm just going <laughs> to suggest Ollie Wines to start with. Yeah, Ollie Wines is a really good one. He's in really good form, but the issue is he can butcher it around a little bit. So Correct. as a VC, I think it's a viable option because if it doesn't go right, then fuck it, you can just move on. Um, now, I've, this, the, the really obvious one for me, and I don't know if I can trust him yet again, he's been my captain for the last two weeks and it's resulted in blender challenges, but um, <laughs> Brody fucking Grundy. Now, history shows, and I read it, I wish I I, I should screenshot the tweets when I see them just to give credit, but yep. sorry for whoever came, came out with this, but anytime Brody Grundy goes sub-90, he averages 135 in the week after that. That's, yeah, nice. Good start. But, Great start. Yeah, but in saying that, Brody Grundy looked so fucking bad on Sunday against <laughs> a kid that has played about 10 games and has got the physique of a fucking beanstalk. In no disrespect <laughs> to Sam Coning, because he actually had a pretty good game against Brody Grundy. Uh, but Pull your fucking finger out, Brody Grundy. Grow your hair out, you fucking scum Melbourne United fan. Um, fuck you. You fucked up my super coach week even more than Toby Green and Callum Mills. But anyway, I'm not salty at all. Um, I'm probably going to chuck the VC on Brody Grundy and give him one last chance as as captain. I'm going to back in him bouncing back from See. that poor game on Sunday, even after a five-day turnaround, which is a little bit weird that they play Sunday and then Friday night. But I'm backing him in. See, I think my VC is coming in the next game, which is on our sheet. So I, we're going with um, Wines and Grundy. They're the only two. Taylor Adams, if he's next okay, is another one that I think could go fairly okay. You, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't are you um, VCing Aaron Hall? No, I'm going to. We'll go to that next game now. All so, right, all right. I'm going to the guard, mate. Yeah. So anyway, um, next game is Carlton versus North, and I'm going to VC oh. Sam Walsh. Yeah, I was going to say, I oh, know. Yeah, it just clicked. Sam um, Walsh. He has not dropped below 138 for me. And on the weekend, he was absolutely majestic as fuck, and he almost scored 200. 
So yeah. he's up against North Melbourne. You've got to back in Sammy Walsh. He's the biggest lock of VC this year, in my opinion. Yeah, this kid is an absolute fucking star. And I will go out on a limb and say he will win a Brownlow one year. That's how good he is. Um, yeah. It's a shame that he wasted his career at Carlton. <laughs> no, no offence to any Carlton fans out there, but... Um, History shows people go there to fucking waste away their career. Hello, Adam Saad, uh, Zach Williams, Patrick Cripps, etc. Anyway. Um, on five now. I've had a couple. We're in lockdown. Let's do it. Anyway, five so, and I'm not an alcoholic, only in lockdowns. <laughs> so Sammy Walsh has been my auto VC. Uh, the other options that you've got... If he comes back, but I don't think he is, is Ben Cunnington um, for that whole family reasons, Delio. Um, if not, you got to go with the absolute one of the pigs in Zebel and Hall if you wanted to VC one of them. But Sam Walsh is my biggest lock. I just yeah can't go past him. Yeah, I had a really good look when I was looking at my team this morning at Aaron Hall. Uh, as a VC, I think you can afford to take that risk. Um, yeah. And again, Carlton, I think I really like it. I may end up going with Hall. Um, obviously, there's a lot to play out until Friday when I have to make that decision. But yep. he could be someone that I will look at as a VC because he was everywhere. And that cheap seagull kick um, game that North Melbourne played, just as an Aaron Hall owner, you, you see it and you just go cha-ching, score, 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 plus six, plus six, plus six. Yeah. All fucking game. Uh, it's brilliant to watch as an owner. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, the Cunnington situation, we obviously don't know what is going on and nor should we. That's obviously a private matter, but yeah. hopefully everything's all good with him and his family. Um, I don't think he'll want to take any risks in deserting his family for a team that's bottom of the ladder. Now, ultimate <laughs> team win, but at the end of the day, I think family absolutely comes first no matter what. So um, yeah, hopefully the Cunnington clan are all good. Fucking Pato's a straight up savage. Tonight, I'm loving it. This Arvo, sorry. We're not in nighttime yet. Um, anyway, Brisbane Lions versus the Gold Coast Suns. The big Q clash that's not even... Is it going to be played in, in the Q? Is it going to be played down in Melbs? Or is it going to be played yeah, in no, somewhere else? Most teams are up in Queensland, so this will be played well, in Queensland. Sure. Wasn't there a COVID case that just came out in Queensland today? Oh, yeah. Let's all ship to New Zealand then, because that's where, where there's no... Tasmania. Big hub in Tassie. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Let's have a, a winter Tasmanian hub. What could go wrong? Fucking bring footy to Tassie. Everyone will love it. Anyway. Those um, people not handle four games each, I don't think. They'd be mud baths. Anyway, with the news on Lockie Neal, even though he's probably going to play, I just the amount of stingers and shit that he's been getting, I'm, I'm not go- I wouldn't say that I'd put a VC or a C on him this week. I just want to see how he goes if you're an owner. Um, the other one as well is Dane Zorko. I'm kind of... Not too sure on as well. Um, yeah, he's it's a, they're arguably two of their best players, if not their best players. Um, I'm not sure on this week against the Gold Coast, and it won't. It, you heard it from me. It will not surprise me if Gold Coast actually roll Brisbane this week. I just got the vibe. Um, last time, what, yeah. I tell you what, from a real life perspective, the Gold Coast Suns are playing really good footy. They should have beaten the Bulldogs on the weekend. They were that good. Um, they were really unlucky. They missed a couple of shots that they probably should have made, and they, then they would have won that. So Just play um, Rail in the fucking middle. <laughs> yeah. Fuck's sake. Um, but no, Although, in back- saying that, in saying that, next year, if Rail plays enough games up forward, he will be a mid-forward. So... Yeah, Maybe keep, keep playing, playing him. him, yeah, because he's averaging like he'll 60 four, odd. So, and it's 400k, and we'll all have him in our team. So, oh, he'll um, be less than 400k, he's only averaging 60 odd. Yeah, brilliant. Keep it up. Yeah, fucking just keep, yeah, uh, don't listen to me. Keep playing him up forward. I've got him in yep. draft, but fuck it. YOLO, I'm looking at Super Coach Classic next year. So, keep playing him there. Anyway, I don't think he can go past Hookie Miller. I reckon he'll go 140 plus. Yeah, a couple of Brisbane options I don't mind. Uh, Jared Lyons against his old team. Yep. Earlier this year, he had 138 against the, uh, against the Suns. So I don't mind that as a VC. You'd absolutely take that as a VC option now. Yep, correct. The one I think I like even more, and it's really hard to say because he's had scores of 109 and 74 in the last two. Um, <laughs> but Dane Zorko. I just said I don't so, like him as an option. <laughs> yeah, I really like him. So earlier this year in round nine, when the, the Suns played the Lions, he had 140. 
And last year he had 159. So that's his last two against the Suns. So um, especially if Lockie Neal misses or is a bit sore, uh, I really like Zorko, Dano. Yeah, I just... He just seems to have changed a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but hopefully he can bounce back because he's pretty much in everyone's team. So we really want him to score well. But yeah, I, the other... Oh, nah, actually, I won't say it. I was going to say maybe a Jack Lacocious might pull his finger out and actually get like a 130 for a change, but I can't see it. He might scrape yeah, he 100 again. Yeah. Yeah, that's about all I can see. Daniel Rich, I don't think will go super big. The week that I called him to go like 120 plus, he did, but I... I don't know about this week. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Leave it at pretty much Lions, Zorko, and Tookie Miller. Um, but just fun fact, Gold Coast Suns are paying $4.60. Gamble responsibly. Yeah, <laughs> the other thing um, you'd have to be worried about with the Gold Coast Suns is they like to play that negating small forward role on the opposition's best half back. Now, Daniel Rich had a score in the 90s against the Suns earlier this year. Um, and probably had a bit of attention against him. So just one to keep in your mind on. Um, I wouldn't be looking at Rich as a, as a captain. Yeah, that's why I didn't suggest him. Yeah. Um, anyway, West Coast Eagles versus St Kilda at Optus, hopefully, most likely. Yep, okay. Um, don't know who to even pick, you know, tipping for this one. But um, I'm going to say, if you have Nick Nat Nui, I don't mind him. As a VC option in this one. Nah, the only option for me in this game is Jack Steele, who hasn't dropped below 126 since round 10. Yep, that's fair. Uh, he's in the form of his life. I'm spewing I don't have him. He's fucking killed it. Um, I was telling him I want to bring him in at 540k or whatever he was and couldn't take my own advice for money reasons. Um, but his last five round average is 141. So he's in the form of his life, absolutely killing it. Um, and West Coast also give up really big scores to opposition midfielders. So um, I think it really adds up to a big game for Jack Steele. And I think you can absolutely trust him, even with a C. That's how confident I am of him if you own him. Why, why not liking Nick Natanui if you own him? Just out of curiosity. Uh, because Paddy Ryder, I think, is a decent matchup against Nick Nat because they've both got the athleticism to combat each other. So... Um, Nick Nat's strength is his ability to get up and over most ruckmen in the competition. Um, and I think Paddy Ryder, even at his older age, has that similar athleticism to get over him. So I think that is why I'm not super keen on Nick Nat. Yeah, that's okay. I find, find it very interesting because last time they played, let's have a look at last time they played. Nick Nat. Yeah. Yeah, so he got an 110. Um, Nick Nat hasn't dropped below 100 since round seven. Oh, sorry, round six. In round six, he got a 94. Then round seven onwards, he's gone over 100 every time. Um, wow. See, I haven't even looked at Ruckman. I had no idea he was doing that well this year. Yeah, and he had, he's, had a, he's had a spurt of 125, 120, 163, 121, 125. Like, dude's and, playing fucking well. And he averages 107 against the Saints, which is obviously not every week against Paddy Ryder. Yeah. Um, and had 143 against them last year. Now, I couldn't tell you whether Paddy Ryder played that game, but I think he was out last year for that period of time. So that might have been against Marshall. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm liking Nick Nat in this one. Um, but I, think I don't own him, unfortunately. I wish I did I still, own him. I still think Jack Steele is a better option. Yeah, no, fair enough. Well, if you don't own Jack Steele and you own Nick Nat, Nick Nat's a viable option because not everyone owns Jack Steele. Okay. I can't really think of anyone else in that game. Nah. Nah. Do you, Pato? Nah, can't think of anyone. Nah, cool. Anyway, Adelaide versus Hawthorne in Melbourne, apparently. <laughs> um, I don't know whether Adelaide will actually flick the switch with Ben Keys and make him tag again. They did that one game because I know a few, fair few Ben Keys owners were loving Ben Benny and then all of a sudden Adelaide flipped the switch and then decided they'd want to tag someone with him. So um, I don't mind Tom Mitchell still. Schoenberg's um, the one that's been tagging for them the last two weeks and actually done really well in that midfield. Yeah, right. There you go. Um, Harry Schoenberg. So um, 
I was all over Tom Mitchell um, before. So any any midfielder playing against Adelaide were historically doing absolutely bonkers, and I've benefited from looking at that matchup for most of the year. But Schoenberg kept Darcy Parrish to about twenty touches two weeks ago, yep. um, which. I mean, is unreal and an absolute outlier since Parrish has played midfield. So he did a really good job against him and got 25-odd against him as well. So I don't think Schoenberg's going to move out of that role. I think they um, are going to give him the rest of the year in that role unless Matt Crouch comes back in, obviously. Surprised he hasn't actually had a rising star nomination either. It can't be far away, Dano. He's had a really good few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I was saying Tom Mitchell. So Tom Mitchell might end up getting 25 disposals. If he goes up against Schoenberg, if Schoenberg does a good job. But the other one I was going to say was Rory Laird, um, just for the stereotypical, he's Rory Laird. <laughs> we just chuck him in there all the time. Um, yeah, he may get a bit of attention against uh, Hawthorne, though. They do like a tag, and I, mm. no one else is dangerous enough for Adelaide to warrant a tag. So, um, yeah, Laird got 111 against Hawthorne earlier this year. Um, so I don't think I like Rory Laird as a VC option. Yeah, I can't really think of anyone else other than Rory Sloan because um, Rory Sloan likes to pick off a big game here and there now, and this might be his pick off a big game. But if you're aiming Rory Sloan, you're probably struggling anyway. So um, yeah. move on to the next game then, you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I'd be very surprised if anyone listening to this podcast owns Rory Sloan. Yep, fair enough. Um, anyway, next one is Melbourne versus Western Bulldogs, battle of first versus second. Um, so it's annoying when you got your VCs and your Cs all in one game, generally. It's fucking annoying. Uh, but here we are. So who have you got in this one, Pato? Yeah, so when I was looking at the ma- uh, matches this week, earlier this morning, this wasn't the matchup because um, I was looking at Bontempelli and McRae both as a match. I think they had Adelaide before the fixture changed around. So that was a very juicy option for me. And I've completely thrown myself off because I hadn't even regarded that um, they were playing each other. So I think off the top of my head, Harms or Viney will probably throw a bit of attention to one of the Bulldogs mids. Um, it's it won't be McRae. It'll probably be Montempelli. So, look, McRae yeah. is super consistent um, and really hard to tag. So, he's a really good option for a pretty much guaranteed 120 um, with the ceiling to go sort of 140, 150. And I think that's really handy if you're looking for a guaranteed captain score rather than a Grundy who could go from anywhere from 90 to 160. Um, I think you take 120. Um as a guarantee every week. And McRae is pretty much that. So I think, really hard to look past that McRae. Yeah. I think in this game, we usually see bigger scores from the big impact players. So I'm going to throw in Christian Petrarca as a big impact. I think you can still go your Clayton Oliver. I wouldn't really go Max Gorn. Um, I think we've established that as long as Jackson is playing, Gorn's not really a VCC option anymore. Um. But Oliver and Petrarca, with Petrarca, the one that I'd look at, I reckon he could go absolutely fucking bonkers, even from just 23 to 25 disposals. They'll weight it so heavily with his impact in this game. So he's one that I would throw in um, with Oliver as well, for obvious reasons. That's that's a really good shout, Dano. Um, it probably all depends on who people might think wins this game because I think mm. that will determine who out of the big four midfielders in this game, score better. So if the Bulldogs win, I think McRae and Bontepalli will get a, a load of the, the scaling, obviously. Um, but if Melbourne were to get up, I think obviously Oliver and Petrarca um, and maybe Gorn will get that scaling. So um, look, the game itself is a flip of a coin. So flip a coin who you want uh, to, to back in that corner. Um, I think McRae, win or loss, will is good for 120 odds. So I think... Now- that's yep. a really good question, personally. Yeah, and for a left fielder, just because I have a feeling that Western Bulldogs will start off not lowering their eyes, I have a feeling Stevie May might actually go big in this game. How big, I don't know, but I reckon he'll have a good game. So if you want a real left field option and you've got players in the 
last three games that you can reckon that you can captain, which there are some viable options. Um, Stevie May might be a shout if you don't have any one of McRae, Oliver, or Petrarca. I wouldn't. I'm, I'm not going to go Bond. A little bit of breaking news, Dano. Slightly, oh, slightly uh, off topic, but apparently Adelaide and Port Adelaide have been told to turn around and go home. Um, what? The round, the round twenty-one showdown could be brought forward to this weekend. So, oh my god, <laughs> we're wasted time talking about fucking Ollie Wines against the Pies and and uh, Jack Steele, the Eagles. No, that's irrelevant. And like, yeah, so. We could be wasting our time talking about these options because the fixture could look absolutely all over the place. Um, we'll stick to this for any anyway, and then if it changes, it fucking changes. Fuck shit up. We can't. We can't count it. Like we can't predict this shit as it's happening. So, um, yeah, we'll keep soldiering on. So anyway, next one: Essendon versus Giants. Good God knows where because it says TBC at the moment. Probably come out. They're not even playing each other now. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> let's just go with. Obviously, Parish and Merritt are the two that I'd go for. Um, wouldn't really want to touch any giant with a 10-foot pole at the moment. Um, Kelly would have been my only real one to look at. Unfortunately, he probably is going to be hobbling a bit. So, yeah, I think Essendon win this one, and I think your Parishes and your Merritts are the way to go. Yeah, I agree. I think Matt DeBoer was part of that group that went to the rugby. and he's Yeah, he was. So you're not worried about a tag. Uh, and if Josh Kelly especially doesn't play, I think Merritt or or Merritt and Parrish will both go pretty large against those. Um, maybe a Jake Stringer, if you've got him as well, could go a bit big because they really don't have that matchup for him. So You're looking at a C any option, other- though. I just wouldn't put, trust the C on Stringer. What about Ridley then, Dano? I wouldn't even trust the C on Ridley. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't, yeah. DC I, maybe, C not. Yeah, and it's um, Sunday. So, oh, at this stage, it's Sunday. Could be any. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, next one: Geelong versus Richmond. Whenever the fuck it is, wherever the fuck it is, I think it says MCG. Um, yeah, I think you can't go past Dangerfield, um, or yeah, Dangerfield's the one that really jumps out. But I don't really like many options, to be honest. Jaden Short's another one, but again, yeah, Jaden Short. Um, I don't mind, but I don't think you trust him with a C. Yeah. Even though Geelong do kick a lot of behinds traditionally. And Jaden Short, now, if you look at kick-out percentages, Jaden Short only kicked about 50% of our kick-ins. But if you watch the game, and this is why it's important to watch games and and the eye test, the all-important eye test, um, it seemed like four or five points in a row were kicked by Brisbane on the weekend where Jaden Short was on the bench. Um, and that's why he was such a low kick-in percentage. But if he's on the ground, Jaden Short is absolutely the guy taking the kick-ins. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's the bottom line. That's why I'm slightly down this week. Um, I think Asprey even took a fucking kick-in. Um, and even Ryan Mansell. That, and that, that's not going to happen if Jaden Short's on the field. He'll be telling him to fuck off and go get it, um, get on the end of these kicks. So, yeah, um, I don't think I like Jaden Short. Now, Patrick Dangerfield has... Uh, played two really poor games his last two against Richmond. So he's due um, for a big one. <laughs> well, yeah. So last year he had two really bad games. So during the year he had a 66 um, and then the grand final where he had an absolute shocker as well, which is not unlike Patrick Dangerfield to have a shocker in a big game. But let's not stir too many more feathers this uh, this week, Dano, in the podcast because um, we're already going to have some other fans on our backs. So let's let's ease up on the Dangerfield hate for this week. Yep. Speaking of myself, but um, I think, yeah, Patrick Dangerfield, I really like to have a really big game, um, especially against our decimated midfield, especially if Presti doesn't play. Um, so I do really like that as an option. Um, I don't mind Shea Bolton now. I don't know if you can trust him with a C. Um, and I also don't know if they would throw O'Connor on him, even if he gets off for a half and they change that at half time. Um, so that is an option. Now, Shea Bolton hasn't handled tag before and I can't imagine he's the sort of player that would play well against a tag uh, and he's not someone you can go forward as well because O'Connor is a traditional defender so we'll see what happens there but that's the long-winded way of saying Dangerfield's a really good option and I don't like anyone else yeah, you're pretty much you've been doing a lot of long-winded um, things this podcast Pato 
Did anyway? I do like a bit of a rant after a couple of drinks. <laughs> if you haven't noticed. Oh, we've noticed, Pato. Anyway, last one is Swans versus Frio. Um, in this one, it's not at the SCG, so I, but the only thing is Callum Mills isn't playing. Fuck life. Um, don't look, I don't mind Luke Parker, actually, in this one. I know there's a fair few with Lukey Parker at the moment. Um, don't mind Luke Parker. Um, if Sean Darcy plays, though, even on one leg, I reckon he was still like he, he played three quarters of a game pretty much and got a 150. Yeah, um, he's the one I think. Uh, if if he plays, yeah, um, I do really like that. The other one I really like is Luke Ryan. Um, we mention him every week, he got 142 against the Swans last year and 106 earlier this year at Optus Stadium. So um, I don't know whether you trust that with a C. I think there's probably better options this weekend. That's why I don't really like anyone in this game except for Luke uh, Sean Darcy, not Luke Darcy. Now, he has retired long ago. I'm going to throw out a really weird one for you. If Sean Darcy doesn't play... Or Buddy Franklin? Tom Hickey. If Sean yeah, Darcy yeah. doesn't play. I don't think I like it. He's been playing really well this year. He can get into the 130s, but again, it's a bit of a risk. But like I said, we provide left field options. He could have his best game of the year if Sean Darcy doesn't play, but I reckon Darcy gets up. I reckon he plays. If you own him, Dano, um, and I forgot to put him in the run sheet and I was meant to, uh, Buddy Franklin yep. scored 130 against Frio earlier this year. He's on that hunt for a 1,000 this year, and... He's played his one poor game for the rest of the year, as in one hard matchup went since we mentioned him. So yeah. his last four, 130 against Port Adelaide, 113 against West Coast, 42 against the Bulldogs, 105 against the Giants. Now he's got Freo, who's got a really good record against this week. Then he's got Essendon, who don't have a very experienced defense at all. Then he's got the Saints, which I think is a little bit of a tough matchup. But then his last two, as we've mentioned before, North Melbourne and Gold Coast. So as a little bit of a late... Uh, Candidate for a dusty trade-in. That's almost a direct swap in terms of price. Um, Buddy Franklin, 451,000. Average of 87. Um, he's got his five and three round average of about the same, but he's got a really good run home. He could go 120 for the rest of the year. Just hope that he plays every single game. That's the only issue, but he's looked really good. He passes the eye test and he's looking really fit this year because he's yep. playing games. So... Um, Look, Buddy has burnt bridges before as people have brought him in for the run home, but that that run home is really juicy, don't I? Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, Paddy, do you want to uh, announce your Twitter handle and all that jazz? Yeah, I have a feeling I might get a little bit of heat this week uh, from that. <laughs> so, Damien Ma, my Twitter handle is P-A-T-T-X-Triple-C. I look forward to hearing from you um, and having an adult discussion about your behaviours over the weekend. He's going to call you a soft cock, uh, Damo. Anyway, um, mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. Just comment, send me shit, all that jazz. Um, anyway, that's pretty much all we got time for. Um, we're on every single platform known to man now, so you can listen to us. I haven't looked at the figures for the last couple of weeks um, since we changed over to all platforms because it's fucking hard to actually look at them all, Pato. Look at all of the listener numbers, but we have been growing every week um, up until the last two weeks when I haven't checked. So keep listening to us, guys. Obviously, we're giving you some good shit, um, and you don't mind our potty mouths. Yeah, just quickly, we mentioned that we're going to maybe start looking at next year this week, but we had no idea what was happening this week. So there was just too much to talk about with all the carnage and ways to manoeuvre that, but we definitely can still address that next week. Um, assuming we don't have another the round where there's laid outs because of COVID and fucking injuries and all this shit. So definitely still on the agenda. Um, and once again, if you've got any suggestions on what you might want us to talk about, um, send them through and we're definitely open to listener suggestions because we're doing this for you guys. We're not doing it for ourselves. Um, we talk about Supercoach anyway, and we have done for a good part of what, five, six years, Dano? Fucking long um, as so that. That's not natural. Yeah, that's not unnatural between us. But uh, um, yeah, we're doing this for you guys. So anything you want us to talk about, we'll fucking do it.
Yeah, bloody oath. And if you've got any suggestions, um, even to expand and whatnot, just give us a fucking message on Facebook and whatnot. We're open to any ideas because we're pretty much a fan-run now podcast. We're not doing it for any money at all. I'll tell you what we should do, Dano. What? We should try and get a guest speaker on here that might be ranked 42 at the moment and just just get his thoughts and, and get him on for a week. I think he's actually slid and I've quoted a one round too early, but I'm pretty sure he's still in the top 100. But, uh, yeah, we might we might get some guest speakers. I could even line up uh, a guest speaker um, from a hit reality TV series currently too. So watch this space. Ooh, I know what you're talking about, Dano. Yeah, you do, you do. Anyway, from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, I am Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing... The fuck off. Boom shakalaka.